Welcome to another episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our new on-water beginner rowing course for 2021. This is a revised, updated and expanded version of a beginner rowing course we did back in 2018. And we're basically going to go through an overview of what it's like learning to row, uh, the different steps in our beginner rowing course that we have, and you know why we do things in a certain order, and some of the bits and pieces that we've found very useful for teaching beginners how to row. So our beginner rowing course takes people from uh, not having been on the water at all, all the way through to racing their first races in a confident and you know safe manner. So um, what's our first lesson that we've got, Ken, with the the rowing course well the first lesson is about setting up a boat but just before that uh, in relation to why we put this course together the often i find in working in schools and clubs is that frequently particularly in schools you'll find that the beginner athletes aren't coached by experienced coaches and so Often you find that their parents that are helping out or just friends of the club, some schools are well organised and have coaches that have correct training, but frequently the most experienced coaches tend not to focus on beginners. So the course came about essentially to try and make it so that people could learn to row correctly, uh, as correctly as they can right from the beginning. And fundamentally, I don't see why a beginner athlete can't row almost as well as an experienced athlete. Uh, from a technical perspective it's really about learning the right way so the first thing that we think is most important is to make sure that the boat's set up correctly Uh, so if the boat's not set up for the athlete to fit into it comfortably then they're going to have an ordinary experience and Lachlan I'm sure you've rowed in some boats where you didn't fit and uh, if you imagine learning in a boat how would that work? Yeah, so when you're learning to row you basically have no idea what a boat should feel like when you get into it and you'll feel uncomfortable no matter what boat you get in. Having said that, uh, if the boat isn't set up to suit you, you might think that that's the way rowing is meant to be. In reality, it's not. A lot of coaches uh, you know, just sort of breeze past this very minor detail of getting people uh, fitting in a boat properly and it, and it really can hamper their, hamper their rowing, increase your chance of injury and really just decrease the enjoyment uh, on the water. Um, you know, when you, when you get your own boat, maybe later on, uh, you can set everything up perfectly to suit your body. Uh, you know, you can do things like drop the feet way down or put the seat way up. Um, and you don't have to do any, any adjustments on the fly. But when you're sharing a boat, like a club boat, for example, and especially when you're learning how to row, you need a, a couple of things up your sleeve to make it, make yourself fit into the boat well and be able to have a comfortable row when you're just starting off. And there are a few tricks you can use as a coach and as a school or club to make sure that the athletes have got the best chance of fitting in a boat. And we go through those types of things in, in the boat set up on the water. But as Lachlan was saying, if you're not comfortable in a boat, well, firstly, you don't know what comfortable feels like. So I'd suggest get it comfortable to start with and make sure that the athletes understand what they need to do in order to make the boat comfortable. And so if they get into a boat and the, the gates are too high, for example, then it makes sure they understand what too high means and then what mechanisms they can use to fix that, be it seat pads or adjustments with rigor clips or, or whatever. So firstly, getting the boat and the equipment set so it suits the athlete, I think, is, is a vital first part to having a successful learning experience. 
Yeah, the keys the keys are obviously getting them and making it so they can comfortably get into the right positions, whether it be the catch or finish position. Um, that's that's the basis of it. But you know, we don't want to go into too much detail because it's only the the first of the the net, the lessons. So the second thing that we we generally recommend teaching is uh, is grip, like what to do with your grip. And I know Ken, you've done a lot of work with um, with beginner rowers on grip. How what sort of things are you, the key points that you're looking to get right there? Oh, I think the absolute key point is in my experience uh, in coaching a range of athletes through to world champions, uh, through to um, beginners at under thirteen schools is that. Grip's one of the hardest things to change once you've once you've learned how to do it. And so if you learn it incorrectly, then it's almost impossible to change. I've tried to change uh, grip, correct the grip of athletes that row an international competition, and it's very difficult to change, very difficult. And so it's one of the first things to learn. And if you get it right, then you'll find that you get uh, better posture, better boat speed, uh, less injuries so it's, it's such an important thing and the reason why we put it first is it is a pretty fundamental skill and you need to be relaxed and if you haven't got grip under control then it's almost impossible to be relaxed but the main reason why I like to do it at the beginning is uh, aside from the posture issues is that once it's learnt the wrong way then it's very difficult to fix so I'd say that's absolutely the first thing to do. Yeah, and with beginners, uh, most most coaches will know this who've taught beginners that the they tend to grip the oar very, very tightly, far more tightly than is necessary. So if you can start to get that bit of relaxation flowing through the hands, you can sort of it makes the shoulders more relaxed and and everything else seems to follow pretty well. No, it does, and the other thing it's important in that because of that imbalance issue is to not try to get the athletes to row their oars off the water to start with. Uh, because that takes a different level of skill. So just rowing with your flat on the water, the platform's stable, the athletes are comfortable, uh, make sure they don't rush too much. So do everything in a slow, controlled mechanism and you'll find that they can learn really quite well and have an enjoyable experience. You'll be surprised how far fast a boat can go if the oars are still on the water rather than having them in the air. Once you've got the athletes to understand about grip and relaxation and rowing with their oars flat on the water, then the next thing you want to focus on is how they move with their bodies. And so it's it's a lead into posture, and we talk about posture quite a bit in the course because it's very important. The critical thing that you'll find that, that athletes need to understand once they have grip under control is to control their body, uh, not to lean too far forward, not too far back, just to just have everything well controlled so that they uh, don't do any rushy movements there slow down the slide and they control everything and teach them the lazy feather technique. So they row with the oars on the water and then just feather it slightly. Sorry, they row with the oars on the water and then they square it slightly at the catch and just push with their legs and the blade will go into the water. When they get to the finish, they just need to roll the oar slightly, very little in fact, and push the handle away and the oar will feather itself and sit flat on the water. So the critical next step once grip's under control is to get the bodies under control so that it's everything's a controlled movement and control's so important in that area. Then that leads into a posture and posture is, you can't really do posture correctly until you've got that control mechanism and often you'll find that teaching posture is easier done on an ergo than it is on the water but posture is very important in a boat and I'm sure, Lachlan, you've rode with many athletes that had poor posture. 
and so what's your experience in in learning posture correctly I think um, the biggest message for posture that I often see is with beginner athletes and even more advanced athletes is the sitting tall and the rocking over from the pelvis. So pivoting from, from the hips as opposed to the lower back, a lot of beginners will tend to sort of like collapse down and put a really big bend in the lower back. It's okay to have a bend in the upper back, but um, the lower back needs to be as straight as possible with a, a, a pivot from the from the hips like a rock over but um typically speaking it's it's mostly about sitting tall sitting tall at the finish continuing sitting tall all the way to the catch and being tall and strong throughout the stroke um yeah obviously you do need to to bend over a little bit um but it's the 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 real thing is like a a nice tall sort of posture like someone's pulling your hair up i think it's a pretty good analogy for um for beginner rowers most definitely and with that too you'll find beginners frequently try to lean too far forward and lean too far back because they have this mindset that it's important for them to get as much length as possible the reality is that they'll row better if they row much more upright so don't go too don't lean too far forward don't lean too far back as Lachlan says sit tall all the time and and learn to have that controlled posture Uh, and then you can do pauses and things in various parts of the stroke in order to reinforce where the body should be at different parts of the stroke but but that's a whole chapter in itself the one of the things about leaning forward and leaning back why i'm advocate not doing too much forward or back to start with is because that's something that's really quite easy to change later on uh, with the, uh, no matter how much experience an athlete's got it's relatively easy to change how far they lean forward and how far they lean back uh, it's actually easier to get them to lean further forward and further back than it is to stop them from leaning too far forward or too far back. So I'd suggest row pretty upright for the first first through for the first few sessions. Yeah, and it sort of follows on from the um, Cam was talking about running your blades along the water and just letting the 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 gate help square the blade up at the catch. It's it's trying to teach people that are learning to row that. It, a lot of these mo- movements don't require much force and don't require much um, much change in direction or like body movement things like that. A, a lot of beginners will, you know, be really keen and they'll try and put a lot of effort in, and that usually is not translated into boat speed, but just big unwanted movements. That if you form a habit doing these big unwanted movements, like large body movements or large blade movements, or really tense tense grip it can be harder to to break those later on so it's really trying to introduce the finesse into the rowing stroke quite early and and teach people you know when they can use their muscles to drive the boat and mostly when you're learning to row is being gentle precise and uh, getting the timings and body positions right things like that Mm. And the body positions are an important way to get athletes to understand which muscles get used at which point. So, for example, at the catch, we don't want to lift with the shoulders or bend our arms. We want to push with our legs and hang off our frame. And so getting in a posture right early on at a slow rate, so don't, not very fast, but having it really controlled and the positions really well known, I think is very important. That leads into the next lesson where we talk about catch and finish. Now, it's interesting we're doing the catch before we've taught the athletes to get their oars off the water, and that's quite intentional. The purpose of this 
part of the course is to make sure that they understand at the catch that all they need to do is to is to push and they put the blade in the water with their feathering movement of the hands they move that on the hands essentially just before they push so they get that timing right and the fundamental really in dealing with any athlete is that we want the oar to go into the water when we're as far forward as we're going to be towards the stern of the boat and we want to hold it in the water until we're as far towards the bow as we're going to be and then we take it out and so getting those bookmark um, getting those bookends in place at an early age I think is very important to make sure that they they then row with length when they when they learn to row with their oars off the water uh, indeed um, we've seen John Dreesen who's coached Lachlan a bit uh, advocating um, the lazy feather technique even for Olympic athletes so you would have done some of that I imagine on the Huon Lachlan yeah definitely we've always done quite a lot of that uh, especially maybe not so much in sculling boats although we do do that do that from time to time but typically with sweep boats if you haven't got a good balance and a good platform yet it's um it's really useful to have your blade running along the water especially if it's good water like it often is down at the Huon and um, especially in pairs like smaller boats that are really really unstable there's no point uh, having two inexperienced athletes that can't get the balance right in a pair uh, rowing with their oars off the water and rowing very poorly and not developing any good uh, foundation so yeah that's one of the key areas that uh, you would use the lazy feather technique um, all the way up to a very high level um, but as Ken was saying we have it in the beginner rowing course because it's it's really hard for even you know a quad scale full of beginner athletes to balance the boat and you really want them to be focusing on the movements and the timing and and feeling a sense of relaxation and control with the rowing stroke as opposed to um, you know what it might feel like if the crew was trying to row with square blades um, you know relatively quickly oars off the water things like that can be um, yeah really knock people's confidence and also um, make them scared of the catch especially um, because they don't want to get out there and the, the consequence is they don't get a very good catch and that those habits can build up especially if they're left unchecked and by the time you become more advanced they can be quite hard to break and I hear a number of coaches say, oh, it's, it's easy to row the oars off the water. You just have someone sit out and balance the boat up. Uh, my experience with beginners that even in a quad, uh, one person has trouble holding the boat balanced enough so that the athletes feel comfortable sitting at the catch. Uh, even having two athletes sitting out in a quad uh, and trying to balance the boat, you'll find it's still not as stable as the boat will be if the oars are flat on the water. So it's, it's very important to, to teach on that stable platform. Otherwise, you'll find that People want to get out of the catch position as quickly as they can, and as a result, they end up training themselves to have a bad catch. So catch and finish is a very important part of the course. And the next thing that we like to do, if you can, is to do a balance exercise. And we like to do this in singles, and we've got good video there on the drills that we like to do, the balance drills. And it's really about giving the athletes more confidence in the boat. Uh, we've put it at this point in the course, although in reality you could do it uh, a lot earlier in the course. It, it doesn't really matter that much, so long as it's it's done at a point before you try to get the athletes to take the oars off the water. Uh, this way they'll understand that the boat's actually not as unstable as, as they think. Yes, it's a little narrow thing and, it, and, and a single can feel particularly unstable, but once they've done a few drills 
standing up in the boat and moving the blades around, putting a rigger under the water, those sorts of things, you'll find that, that they get a lot more confidence in the boat. And confidence in being in each position in the boat is very important when it comes to rowing correctly because it's almost impossible to be relaxed and comfortable if you're not confident. So we'd suggest the drills are very important at that point. Uh, pick a nice day, calm water, and just put the athletes through the single skulls one at a time. Yeah, you can also do these exercises in a quad too. Uh, the, the main reason why we're teaching people to to do these balance exercises is to teach them that the hands, the handles and the oars flat on the water is what balances the boat. It's not leaning from side to side uh, with the body. It's all in the hands. So that's your stable platform. So it's as much about teaching people what to do if the boat tips over, um, people's natural response when a boat tips over and they're not used to balancing with the handles is to try and lean away from the way the boat's tipping over and this just really is quite ineffective whereas if they just knew that they had to bring their hands together with their oars flat on the water and they'd have a balanced boat that'll save the whole crew falling in and if you're in a single it'll save you falling in so it's just teaching people that the balance is in the hands really and not in the body leaning or, you know, things like that. It's uh, it's not intuitive uh, how to balance a boat and this is a good way of teaching people. And as Ken said, if you had a nice warm day, got some singles, maybe the water's relatively shallow, you've got plenty of people to help if need be. Um, it's quite a fun exercise to to watch people and practice these exercises yourself yeah and one word of caution of course is to make sure that you've got the boats um, correctly uh, rigged from a safety perspective particularly heel ties Um, but we've got some safety videos later on as well to run through those sorts of issues once you've got the athletes comfortable in the boat and understanding how the balance works then the next thing that we strongly suggest you do is to teach them the movements of the blade. Up until now, they've been running the blade along the water. Uh, the lazy feather technique, which is which has a, some really good merits for educating them correctly. But if we're going to row the oars off the water, we want them to do it the right way. And the best way is to do it with roll-ups. And so for this, I'd suggest have the boat stable. And if you're in a quad, you may want to have two people sit out to start with to make sure the boat's very stable. And then just ask the athletes to go through the roll-up uh, procedure and we've got it clearly on the on the website in the, that particular lesson uh, broken down into individual steps so that they can learn it really well because once they've done that then they'll understand uh, they already understand how to feather but they'll understand how to feather with the oars coming out of the water holding them parallel with the water what they do with their body at the finish how they hold the off the water how they when they square it ready to put it in the water those sorts of things are very important and our roll-ups lesson is is very important in getting that uh, understood by the athletes so they're ready to attempt the rowing off the water attempt the rowing with the oars off the water and lock and i understand that you do roll-ups as a as a matter of warm-up frequently as well for the same sort of reasons to get that understood yeah i think um roll-ups serve many purposes for those who don't know what a roll-up is it's basically just a, a practice stroke without the drive phase so you sit from the finish tap the blade out uh, keep the oars off the water come through to the catch and place the blade in the water and then you just take the blades out of the water and reset back to the back to the finished position and so yeah it's, it's a really good way of um, priming your body 
to to get into that right sort of balance and and movement zone um you know usually do it after maybe 1500 meters uh, of warm-up so just doing a warm-up 1500 meters stop do you know half a dozen or a dozen roll-ups and um yeah just it's just really about trying to get yourself in the right mindset for that session and if you're in a single uh, a roll-up's pretty much always challenging no matter, matter what level you're at so it's um it's something you can do with beginner crews but i definitely think about including it uh, when you become more advanced and obviously if you can do a perfect roll up when the boat's not moving that's a very good sign that you're tech you're doing some things technically right especially in the balance department and once you've got the that roll up understood and understand what happens to the blade when it's out of the water uh, then it's time to start to row with the oars off the water and it's interesting that uh, we're at lesson eight by the time we take the oars off the water and that's because it's very important to get the foundations laid correctly. In getting them to row their oars off the water, once they've done a roll-up, it's, it's really quite easy and it's about rowing and having what I'd suggest is to have the boat set up well with, with one or two people balancing the boat. Ideally, if you can, just a bow person in a quad and then uh, everyone else trying to make sure that the boat's balanced. Now, what this really means, and we've got a whole section on balance uh, on the website, but it's about making sure that the athletes don't do any sudden movements, they don't try and balance the boat with their body, they sit square in the boat, they tap out together, they put the blade in together, those sorts of things. And so once they get the boat reasonably balanced with one person sitting out with their oars on the water, then the person who's got their oars on the water being in the bow, they can just start to take some strokes with their oars off the water. And you'll find it... It's very, very quickly that the athletes will understand how to row their oars off the water. And so long as you've done all of the previous lessons and make sure their catch is, is correct and they don't push before the blade's in the water, uh, those sorts of aspects, then you'll find that at this point the boat really starts to move. So um, oars off the water is not so hard if you've done the work before. If you haven't done the work before, then it can be a mess. Yeah, <laughs> and even if you've been rowing for... 15 or 20 years it can still be a mess so with balancing the boat it's one of those things that you get better at and um, it's something you need to practice over time obviously you want to know the right theory things you have to do to get the get the boat balanced properly but bear in mind it's going to be a pretty steep learning curve to row um, with the blades off the water and everyone rowing in the boat um, it's okay you know when we're talking about rowing in twos and twos and threes out of a quad something like that but when it comes to race day uh, you're going to hit the water probably the idea is just to try and make sure that you minimize the amount of time your blades are hitting the water and you know if your blades don't hit the water they don't upset the boat or slow it down so it's um, a worthy pursuit trying to balance with the blades off the water absolutely and once we've got the athletes relatively comfortable with the oars off the water even if some of them are still uh balancing the boat with someone sitting out then we focus back on catching connection the reason why we have this as a lesson by itself is that it's such a critical part of the stroke hopefully though if the if the athletes have been doing the correct posture movements and holding their bodies in the right positions at the catch and making sure they put the blade in the water before they push then you'll find getting a good catch with connection is going to be relatively easy the critical thing really is for them to understand that you put the blade in the water and then you push 
Now, yes, the blade goes into the water as you get to the front, but as uh, with the beginners, it's really about saying the first movement is to put your hands up, lifting the oar and putting lifting your hands up and putting the oar in the water, not with your shoulders, and then once you get the connection with the water, then just push back with the legs with your core turned on. Not very complex really, but a critical foundation step for a fast boat is getting the catch and connection right. Yeah, the catch connection is by far the most um, difficult part of the rowing stroke to get right for, for most athletes, if not all. Um, you know, the video that we've got summarising it for beginners and trying to teach beginners wh- where they need to start working to get the, the blade entry right, you know, it's, it's 13 minutes, but you know, we've probably got 100, maybe 120 videos on our website all focusing around the catch and connection just because it is such a crucial part of the stroke. Lots of things can go wrong. There's lots of things to know. Um, but having said that, as Ken said, it really boils down to getting the blade in the water at the opportune moment um, before the leg drive and then commencing the leg drive as quickly as possible to make the most out of your rowing stroke. Um, it's simple words, but it's uh, quite difficult execution to get really good uh quite good is not so hard and so we're sort of getting trying to get people into the right headspace to work out what a good connection is how to go about feeling it um yeah that sort of thing and then once you've got the catching connection under control you need to know how to treat the boat and another word for that i'd say is rhythm and so we then move to talk about rhythm and with rhythm, what we really mean by that is to have the right ratio between the power phase and the recovery phase. And with the power phase, uh, applying the power in a gradual acceleration through to the finish and then taking time on the recovery. Often you find with beginner crews, they, they rush down the slide too quickly, pull themselves into the front too quickly and ruin the rhythm. But once they've rowed in a boat where the, the catch connection is good and they apply the power evenly through to the finish, and then don't be in too much of a hurry to get to the catch again, then you'll find that the feeling is is so good. So uh, learning rhythm is something that uh, takes, well, elite athletes are always working on rhythm, but if you can get it early in beginners, you'll find that that crew will be the one that's racing down the course at a lower rating than everyone else and in front. So uh, rhythm is such a such a good feeling, yeah. one way of putting it. So rhythm's probably like a bit of timing, uh, a bit of effort, and and yeah, a bit of um, just letting the boat do a bit of the work. So there's sort of an interplay between all of those. You have to make sure that you're going hard in the water, make sure that you're in time with the rest of the crew, and then make sure that you give give the boat enough time to run. I you know get a greater distance between strokes before you put the blade in the water again. And, um, yeah, so you don't want to be slowing the boat down by something that you're doing coming into the catch especially. Um, you know, but you also want to be getting the blade in the water and making the most of that drive phase of the rowing stroke. And that's typically what the, the good crews do really well. They, they use all of their power and they do the minimum amount of slowing the boat on the recovery before the next stroke. So... And we've got some good tips in that lesson on, on how to how to teach that and some things to watch for. Then it's almost time to race. And so what we've done in our the racing section, which is really just two lessons. The first one it talks 
about what happens on race day and it's a bit of it's about the practicalities of racing and learning how to control a boat at the start line, uh, what happens at the start line, uh, what happens during the race, just those uh, general really useful aspects that if you're a beginner and it's your first race then it's really handy to understand what's likely to happen on the course so that you don't get taken by surprise. Uh, and so it's important to get that understood before we really try to race. So that's why we've got that chapter there, where we, that lesson where we talk about racing and race day. Do you remember the first time you raced, Lachlan? Um, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Literally have no idea what my first race was. I, for some reason, I blocked out everything up until when I started rowing you know, seniors at school, so like trying to get into the first date. I don't know how that's happened, but I guess, um, yeah, from then on it became a much bigger part of my life than it was beforehand, I guess. But, um, yeah. yeah. But it's important if, you, if everyone understands what's meant to happen on race day and how long it's going to take them to get ready and how long it takes to get to the start and what actually happens at the start, then it makes the whole experience a lot less stressful for athletes, coaches, parents, everybody. And once they've understand what's going to happen, then in a race, they're going to need to do a racing start. And uh, it's important to practice the race start procedure, both moving the boat at the at the start line and what you do in the first few strokes of a race in order to, to get the boat moving fast. Otherwise, you'll find that the crew will get left behind at the start because everyone else or someone else will know how to do a proper racing start. So, so we talk a bit about racing starts because... If you don't get a good start in a race, then it, it tends to demoralise you. And uh, so if you can get a good start, then you get a good start to the race. It's a more enjoyable experience and you tend to actually win more often if you win the start. So uh, Lachlan, I imagine you've got lots of experience of winning and losing starts. So how does it impact the rest of the race as a rule? Yeah, um, it's not really a good sign when you've taken 10 strokes and you're a couple of lengths behind the other crew. Likewise, if you manage to get off to a good start... Um, maybe you've taken the first 10 strokes you're up by a length in a single or if you're up by a bit in a bigger boat so especially in eights um, it's very difficult to make up ground in an eight on another crew um, but you know you can can do it a bit more in a single and I guess pacing yourself sort of comes into it a bit but um, yeah generally speaking you want to take those first 10 strokes uh, with pretty close to maximal effort um, get the boat up and running, and then settle into a rhythm that's not you know, not going to blow you up before halfway mark, for example. But it, it's really a skill that you sort of have to teach yourself, and it takes a lot of experience with racing. And uh, the more you race, the easier it gets at understanding what your body can do um, when you need to push hard. But typically speaking for me, I find that the start's very important to make sure you, you get out um, quite quickly. Um, so if you take your first five strokes in the same time it takes someone to take three strokes um it's you're not going to have tried that much harder typically like it's not going to be much more effort given but you'll likely be um you know a few meters ahead of the crew who only took three strokes in the same time it took you to do five and you look at some of the you know the better more um elite athletes and you know they have very high rating starts and you know we're not talking about that for beginners but it's important to understand you know what portion of the slide you're going to do like whether it's going to be half slide three quarter slide half slide three quarter full something like that typical sort of start um but um yeah it's important to cover 
Um, and we've also got, as part of the uh, on-water rowing course, we've got three videos that were made by Rowing Tasmania and Marine and Safety Tasmania. They're particularly good to look at before you head out on the water. Basic things like capsize safety training, um, things like getting make sure you have the right lights, uh, bow balls, heel ties, uh, other safety equipment um, sorted before you head out uh, on the water. Uh, the lessons we talked about before, they're more like learning how to row lessons. They're not so much um, safety lessons, but we've included some safety things for people to, to look at if they don't have their own uh, their own own program that they have to go through at their club or school. Yeah, and we'd strongly recommend too with those safety ones, uh, ask the athletes to, to view them relatively early in the piece and and maybe watch them again partway through, particularly the capsize safety video uh, because that's got some really good lessons in there that if they watch it before they actually go in a boat, then it'll be a little bit alien to them. Uh, but once they've been halfway through the course, then they'll, they'll be able to understand and identify with it a lot better. So I'd, I'd, I'd reuse those more than once. The same with the courses, the lessons in the course, it's, it's very useful to go back to an earlier one. For example, if you were doing the catch and finish uh, lesson, then it's very useful to go back to posture and pauses occasionally because everything's interrelated. So I'd use them as a bit of a refresher as well. So, But I'd strongly suggest, we'd strongly suggest go through the course in order from, from lesson one through to 12 and, and combine it with the... Uh, on land lessons that we've got we've got five lessons on how to row on an ergo and that's an important way to an easier way to teach athletes about posture in particular and about which muscles to apply at which parts of the stroke so so it's a it's a full course and and you can teach someone how to row no matter what their experience level you can teach them how to row in a relatively short period of time if you do it in the, the correct way and in the right sequence and making sure that it's mostly about control and relaxation. Yeah, so the 12 videos are all up. They're just under two hours worth of video. So it's not an awful lot of video, but it'll probably make your head hurt if you try and watch all of them at once. So we've designed them to be sort of taken one at a time, maybe, you know, watch one, talk about it, head out for a row, watch another one next time, next training session, something like that. Um, but yeah, so if you want, you want to see these, this rowing course, it's on our website, uh, for our members, they can log in. It's just under 2021 on water beginner rowing course. You'll be able to find it easily. Uh, if you're not a member, you can, uh, try decent rowing for a week. We have a seven day free trial. Um, basically just go to our website, decentrowing.com, enter your name and email and, and the, the, rest of the instructions will, will follow on how to how to look at the course. Um, if you're thinking about signing up for a paid membership, maybe you've been a member in the past, maybe you're looking to, to sign up, we've got a monthly and yearly options for both clubs and individuals. Uh, we really appreciate it when people sign up uh, because it allows us to keep doing what we're doing here at Decent Rowing. So, yeah, in the coming podcast that we're going to be doing we'll probably go into a few more of these in some greater depth um you know say exactly what we do when it comes to different different lessons in the beginner rowing course but if you want to um, follow along uh, you can head to our website and, and see it there so until next time happy rowing